Good morning. How many have the joy of the Lord in your heart? Come on. How many have just lied? <laughs> the joy of the Lord. This is, <laughs> this is, the song is such a good song. We're going to sing that song again, and I want you to really sing it like you have some joy in you. How many glad that you're breathing? You're breathing. How many glad? Uh, that's good to know. It's good to know. How many glad that you're next to someone you love? How, raise your hand. Oh, well, that's good to know. How many glad that you just got up this morning? Come on. Oh, all right. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Woo, we got up. <laughs> you know, um, I cannot believe that we are approaching one week, one week, and we're going to celebrate Christmas. You know, Christmas is a beautiful time, a beautiful season. Today we're going to be talking about joy. Joy. Because I'll tell you what, we may know about it, we may know a lot about it, but between me and you, I don't think a lot of people are walking in the fullness of his joy. And there is a way to walk in the fullness of his joy. When problems come, come on now, raise your hand, say, uh-huh. When, when situations and circumstances come, come on, uh-huh. There is still the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Mm, mm, mm. So I pray that you just grab hold of it today and just take one thing. I'm going to give you multiple things to take, but take one thing, one thing at a time. Look at your neighbor and just take one thing at a time. Tell your other neighbor, one step at a time, one thing at a time. You see, that's all it is. The journey is always in one step, but the, tr the problem is, is we don't get there at our own, uh, where we want to get, and then we say, oh, God. But we're going to ask God to help us today by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So if you have hearts to attain it and you want to maintain it and you want to grow in his presence and grow in his joy, it is so possible. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you. God, just tell your neighbor. Amen. Amen. Let's go before Father and let's ask him to take this time together and may his name and the spirit of the living Lord have his way. Father, we're grateful. We're so grateful. Because every day for the believer is a celebration of Christmas that you came, a gift that keeps on giving. So, Lord, I ask today that your Holy Spirit will remind us of the joy that you have given to us. And I ask, God, that you would help us not to live by what we see or how we feel, but live by the one in which we know who leads us, helps us, strengthens us, and guides us. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, yes. let's pray. I want to continue in our message of the gifts of Christmas. How many of you can remember your favorite gift that you received as a kid? Can anybody remember your favorite gift? I love asking that question because one of my favorite gifts, if my brother watches this, he's going to disagree with me. But just to let him know, Jerry was mine. Um, but my favorite gift was this giant cannon. This cannon was like this high, big wheels. It could shoot. I mean, we had a pretty long house, and it could shoot a, a plastic ball all the way across. They made, that's when they made toys, like they made toys, man. This was a big cannon. It was a pretty good size, and it could shoot these plastic balls. And I loved this thing. It was such a great, great deal. I mean, I know it's just shooting balls, but you could aim at things and hit hit your brothers and stuff like that. And um, that being said, that was one of my favorite gifts. 
And um, just somebody share your favorite gift real loud. Just share. Who, what was it? A shotgun. (laughs) See, I'm over with a cannon. He's over with a shotgun. (laughs) Amen. How old were you? Five? (laughs) Ten. Oh, my. See, a lot of people, if you're not brought up in that type of atmosphere, and so a lot of people, like, you know, when it comes to guns and stuff, I was raised in the city. And so when I saw guns, I was chased by people with guns. I never saw a, a, um, a thing that guns had a purpose until I lived in Missouri for 10 years. And I learned all about hunting, and there's other uses. <laughs> when I was in the city, I really didn't know the other uses. And so uh, let me just tell you something. Um, my friend um, would keep a loaded gun at the door, and he had a bunch of kids. Nobody touched it. You teach them. There's a, like you teach them with knives. You teach them with anything else. It's all about teaching. We don't teach anymore, so we have, we have a crazy society nowadays. But, but we create what we have. Amen? Bottom line. We hate to admit it, but it's really our fault. That being said, let's move on to joy. <laughs> joy. So we talked about hope, we talked about love, we're going to talk about joy today, and it's a, joy is a celebration. How many like to be around joyful people? If you're honest, you don't want to be around with somebody who's a crank bucket, you know? You want to be around someone who has a little bit of joy in them, because joy is contagious, and so is the opposite of joy contagious even more. But joy is contagious. But we have something to celebrate. We know Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. But it doesn't make a difference what day we celebrate Christmas. It's just the idea of celebrating that he came into the world and all angels celebrated this moment because all of heaven was waiting for this to be fulfilled. Because this prophecy, Genesis 3.15, was the first prophecy to say that a Messiah was going to come and to redeem the whole world. To give a gift for all may receive. Now, I want you to understand this. It has nothing to do with trees. It has nothing to do with lights. I love both of them. I love decorating trees for Christmas. This year, I actually got really involved. But my wife loves to decorate her, you know, her, her tree. I go touch it, and I think an ornament goes there. She comes right behind me and moves it. So there's some things I say, go right ahead, because whatever I do, you're going to change it. How many of you are here? I know you. <laughs> Nevertheless, I love de- decorating with lights and stuff like this. Um, I uh, got my whole neighborhood to decorate with lights. I used to decorate a, three, uh, a three-decker house in my, all the way up to three-decker, all the way up. I used to decorate it with lights and everything, and eventually my neighborhood started to catch on with lighting it up. And that's what happens, because joy... It's contagious, you know? Uh, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes we got to look like, I asked a question last week. We got to look at this. I asked a question, what does a perfect Christmas look like to you? Is it a Christmas that everything goes well? Because it has nothing to do with what happens about you. Christmas is all about what? The Lord. It's a celebration of what he has done. It's not a celebration that all the family got together and had a big meal. It's not a celebration that everything is full of lights. It's not that celebration. We can engraft those things. That's okay as long as you don't forget the majors. Amen? So one of the ways I try to help my kids during the majors, and I always try to let them know it's not about gifts, it's not about gifts, it's not about gifts. Because all their presence always came. It always said, from the Lord, from the Lord, from the Lord. 
One time they said, hey, did you ever give us anything? Nope, just the Lord. Because if it wasn't for the Lord, I couldn't do nothing. You see? So you give credit with credit with you. And I want to know that every blessing, every blessing, it's not about mom and dad. Every blessing is really about the Lord blessing you. So appreciate your blessing. And take it, don't take it for granted. So as you know, I've been giving you a gift every week. This is now the third gift. You're asking myself, what's in the bag? I'm going to show you. But before I do, on the way out, we have a card for each one of you and a picture of the family and, uh, 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 and uh, just a Christmas card. So you receipt today as you go out. You'll just see Sister Paula. She'll give you our Christmas card. And um, with the, what was it, $100 or $300, dear? I want that card. I want that card. <laughs> Let me show you what you're going to receive. That's it. Just an envelope today. Ladies, you may hand them out. Inside this envelope is a gift certificate to come over my house to rake all the leaves that have fallen. Huh? Huh? I, you, I, no, no, please, please. I know, I know you're overwhelmed. But inside there is another Christmas ornament. It's a Christmas ornament and a candy cane to hang on your tree because Merry Christmas is really about joy. Merry Christmas is about being merry, being happy. The first one was a notebook for you to take notes. The second one was another ornament about peace. I want you to understand joy is something very important for you and to you. We read about the birth of the, uh, the Savior, and it's a celebration, but we sometimes have gotten so distracted in the celebration. So I want to bring this back home a little bit to try to get the joy back in us. And you can take this new year that's coming your way, and as you take this new year, I want you to really apply this because this will help you. This can help you in the problem. Let's look at this first portion of Scripture, Micah 5.2. Micah was written 700 years before Jesus came. And it says, but to you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, and Ephrathah is really a name of Bethlehem, a prior name. It was a distinction between another Bethlehem that existed. But it also gave evidence to the Bethlehem they were talking about, the old name. Through you, though you are small in the clan of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient of times. And of course, we look at Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel meaning Hebrew, for God is with us. There are so many scriptures talking about one day, one day a Messiah is going to come to redeem all mankind because man committed sin in the Garden of Eden and separated us from the presence of God. Sin always will separate you from the presence of God. And so there was a plan to redeem humanity through a sacrifice. And that's why in the Old Testament you have all the sacrifice. Every sacrifice, every single sacrifice is a type of what Jesus will become. Every offering that was done was a type of what Jesus 
who Jesus was. I told he was a sin offering, he was a peace offering, he was a thanksgiving offering, he's all of those things. Everything, the whole temple, the way the temple was arranged was all directing back to the Messiah, Jesus. All that was going to happen was continuing to tell us until we got to that point where Jesus would come and finally be the one sacrifice. Or as the scripture says, the propitiation of our sins, meaning the one sacrifice that would be acceptable to God the Father. So that being said, I want you to let's look at this Christmas portion today from Luke chapter 2. And let's look at these verses here from 14 verses. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. This is just a census. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea in Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Prophetic he went there to register his, with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth, placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Someone say all people. Very important to understand. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great, clap, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. This is a beautiful celebration that took place, and all of heaven was excited. And so it's only fitting that if heaven was to be excited, shouldn't there be a little joy in us? There's a song after uh, baptism. We're going to have a baptism in, um, in January. And, um, and so if you came to the Lord and you haven't been baptized yet, you need to be baptized. That's the, that's the first step of obedience in the Lord. But that being said, when we sing, the, when we have a baptism, one of the songs that I like is, look what the Lord has done. How many know the song? <laughs> yeah, you should. I love that song. Look what the Lord has, I'm not going to sing it, but look what the Lord has done. He has done so much for us. And even when you're challenged with your day not going so well, if you remind yourself of what he's done, it'll change your day. Now, it, may change, it won't change your problem at the moment, but wait long enough, he'll help you. Because God's always doing more than one thing. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God's always doing more than one thing. You see, when God don't seem to do it when we want we kind of have a little hissy fit because it's not happened the way we want it to happen. But you know what? Sometimes things happen and we don't know why. Let me tell you a true story. One day, 
and it was in a foreign country, one day a father's son went out to go hunting for some food. In the process, he fell and fell off. And when he fell, some, uh, something that was in the ground, whether it was a tree or whatever it was, went through his leg. And the leg actually was going to be almost no good for the rest of his life just because of the nerve damage and stuff like this. And the reality is, everybody said, oh, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. That's a terrible thing. But a couple years later, that little place where the person lived was invaded by the enemy. And they took all everybody's sons away, captured them all, and were really going to kill them at a later date. But they didn't take him because he had a bum leg. So the reality is that accident actually saved his life. But we don't see it when an accident takes place because all we see is just one thing and we lose our joy because of one episode, one situation, one event. And all we do is our circumstances focus on this one event. We'll talk more about this shortly. And because we focus so hard on one thing, we miss everything else that God's doing. It's amazing how... That sometimes, even in your things that happen to you that are hard and hurt, God can use them in an amazing way. And he can show his power through them. But you've got to give him room to work. Because you're only so strong. Amen? Amen. So we've got to realize that Christmas time is not always happy for many people. Christmas time, you, need, you and I need to know that it's tough for some people. They could have had a, a death in the family. They just could receive some bad news. Um, they could be the first time that somebody's not going to be in Christmas. It was a week ago. It's one week ago, last Christmas day, almost a little bit more than a week, week and a day. Christmas day, Sister Flagstead went to be with the Lord on Christmas day. And people would say, That's, oh, oh, on Christmas, it ruins Christmas. But then if you, don't, if you didn't know Dolores, you probably would say that. But if you knew Dolores, it was a celebration for her. For she had been longing to see Jesus. And nobody expected her to have a heart attack. The reality is people say on Christmas, that makes... But see, there's a celebration it could be because we don't live without hope. You see what I mean? And because we have hope, guess what? We understand the love of Jesus. And because we have the love of Jesus, we know we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because we're not alone in the process. Someone say, not alone in the process. But you need to apply the word of God to your life and recognize God has a plan, even though we don't always understand it sometimes. I don't understand it sometimes. It's difficult for all of us, but all of us have to do the same thing. We have to watch our attitude, and we have to watch the way we think, and we're going to give you step-by-step step of what you can do to help you in your joy factor. Let me just continue. Because today, there's many people who are depressed, and they have grief, and they have because of sickness, loneliness, they have hurts, and it's magnified by broken relationships. And there's so many situations between children are gone astray, and, and just so much that can be really heavy on a heart, and it's really hard to say, how am I going to have joy when I have to endure this painful deal? There was a man who was captured by Hitler and thrown into concentration camp. His name is Frankel. And, and they took away his family, took away his business, they took away everything. 
but he wrote on the wall of his prison. They can take everything away, but they can't take away my joy. That has to be given away, and I refuse to let them have my joy. See, he had a relationship with the Lord, and he knew that even though, even though, Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Philippians in prison. But you never hear him complaining. But he carries the joy. And, and some see Philippians as a joy book, which is really ironic because he's in prison. But every time he's in prison, he said, pray for me. He, in his writings, pray for me so I can more eloquently and more powerfully share the gospel. That's the only thing he cared about. Why? Because he had the joy that he carried no matter what his problems were. He knew he was not alone. And I want to tell you today, you're not alone. If you're alone, it's because you cast Jesus out and you don't think he's big enough for your problem. Just plain English. I live the same life you live. I have to make the same choices you have to do. And I choose one thing. I've gone through too much to do otherwise. I choose to put them first no matter what. No matter what. Sounds like a good thing for a shirt, no matter what. <laughs> choose joy, no matter what. You see, if God has given us good news of great joy when Jesus came to the earth, if good news of great joy came and Jesus became our savior and if this good news of great joy is what Christmas is all about I want you to ask yourself a question do you see this joy in a parking lot at Christmas time do you see this joy in the stores at Christmas time I tell you what, me and my wife were talking, and, I, I, and she had the same experience I had. I, I, I go out of my way to say Merry Christmas to everybody. I mean, I, trust me, I'm, I'm kind of like not shy. And so I'm, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And, and people would go like, the, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. Like I shocked them. Like, I don't know, did they just find out that it's in the Christmas season? Even though while they're Christmas shopping? And saints of God... Let me tell you something. You're not so good in the parking lot either. Lord knows we want to get out through the gates before the next person gets out. I'm in a rush. I'm always in a rush. I don't care what the other person, I, I got to get going. It's all about me. And sometimes our joy doesn't shine like it's supposed to because we have our focus on so many other things and we're just a bunch of crank buckets sometimes. And a person outside looks at that person as a Christian and that's what it looks like. But I don't want nothing to do with that. And I go to that person, neither do I. Gandhi said, he, Gandhi said, I don't have a problem with Jesus. I just have a problem with Christians. I wonder why he said that. I'll tell you why. Because sometimes we're not emanating the joy of the Lord, and it's not our strength, and we have to work on it. And I'm going to help you today. I hope I can. I want to. You see, why is it that, you know, you here you are, people grocery shopping, or, or even better yet, Christmas shopping, and it's all about getting that gift and getting out of this place. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm an online shopper. I don't really like stores very much. I went to a store just the other day to do some odds and ends, and I drove everybody. I made everybody say Merry Christmas. <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing it, you know, and I had a lot of fun talking to a lot of people. But I just got out of the store saying, God, this is, this is Christmas time. It don't even feel like Christmas anymore. 
But church, can I say something? Of all people in the world, you ought to have something different. You, you ought not to be like the world because you're not, a, you're not of this world. This is not your home. The joy of the Lord should be in you and people should say, there's something different about that young lady. You're all young. Did you see that? I didn't say old lady. I said young lady. Come on. Somebody should have said amen. amen. <laughs> yeah, too late. <laughs> but it's the truth. But we go fall in the same deal. Like, I don't want it because I don't want to interrupt it. You can't go wrong in being friendly. Hello, if they don't say nothing to you. And some people do. You know what I do? Nothing. I go on to the next person. It's okay if they want to be grumpy. They have, that, they have that right to be grumpy. Go on to the next person. I had some good time talking to a lot of people. But all started was Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How's your Christmas going? You know? And then they tell you what they haven't got off their list yet. <laughs> How many have a list? How many have a list? You're list people. You're going to that store with a list. Come on. Hey, man, I'm a list guy, man. Check it off. All right, right. I'm out of here. But in the process, I talk to everybody. At the cash register, poor person who's next to me. How are you? Good. What you? <laughs> we have a conversation. There's a joy that's supposed to be in us. God has given us a gift of joy for us to receive, but you have to receive it. Luke 2, 10 says this. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of what, you come, what happens. Do not be afraid. For I bring, you, I bring you good news of great joy. It's a gift that has to be unwrapped. You're the only one that can unwrap it for all people. This is important. There's a confusion between happiness and joy. And happiness is for a moment. If I want, if I gave you $100, you'd be happy. Okay? Would you put it to your she money, money she don't know about? And so I give, but one, after he spends that $100, guess what? It's gone. Next week he says, Pastor, you have any more? <laughs> See, in order for making him happy, I have to keep on making him happy. But suppose he says, you know, Pastor, I don't need that. I'm, I don't, I, that. I'm happy. I don't need it. I'm a happy worker. <laughs> Inside joke. So the reality is, Having a joy of the Lord, it's not about happiness. Happiness is everything's going well, things are great, nothing's going wrong. It's a happy, happy day. But that's just not a reality on every day. So what happens about the joy of the Lord? Well, that is when you're having a problem, but you know whom you believe and who's working on your behalf. And you say, you know, I'm going through some tough things, but I know, but God's on, my throne, God's on the throne, I'm not alone. I'm trusting him in the process. I'm still going to have a good day. See, what, what's the shift? The shift is I'm now looking toward one bigger than me and not looking at something smaller than the one I'm believing in. And the more I start looking upward and not looking down. See, when I look down, I only see a 10 by 10 square feet. When I look up, holy smoke, do I just increase my vision. So when we look at a problem, it's all it is, see? And we get so tunnel vision. But when we look up, everything changes, and that's what we need to do. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. I remember this story. It's a sad story, but it's true. <laughs> These two ladies who were girlfriends wanted to go out and celebrate because one of the girls had a baby. So she said, let's go to the nicest, fanciest restaurant. Let's just enjoy the time together and celebrate. So they did. 
They were at the fancy restaurant. They were just having a wonderful time together until they met a friend. And the friend came over and said, hey, what's the occasion? And he said, well, such and such had a baby. And she said, where's the baby? And she said, well, I left them home. I'm not going to bring them to this place. We do that with Christmas. We forget the baby about Christmas. It all becomes about the grandkids or kids. It becomes about the dinner. It becomes about everything. It becomes about everything but, but Jesus. We say, that's terrible. They're celebrating about the baby, but they didn't bring the baby with them. A real mom kind of takes the baby everywhere because you don't trust her husband. <laughs> I'll watch him, honey. I'll watch him. I was accused. I was accused in the early years. My wife would go off to work and and it would be Aaron. Aaron would be in a swing. He just loved his swing. And I was like a guy that I would just take the swing wherever I go. If I was working on something, I'd just take him with me. And, and oh, he just loved the swing. And, and she accused me. She said, did you ever take him out at all? I'm like, sure I did. But the guy's happy in the swing. So we go, I feed him, I type for him and put him in the swing. And he was a happy camper. There's nothing wrong with him that I think. <laughs> But they, they didn't bring the baby, and we don't, bring, we don't bring Jesus into our Christmas. And I think we need to really examine that. We really need to look at that. God's love is this unconditional love that's given to us. God's peace, God's joy. The joy now is the inner work by the Spirit of God as we yield to his Spirit. Get this? Joy is an inner work. It's inner, not outer. It's an inner work that will determine what happens in your vessel. Here's a definition of joy. Joy in Christ is the reliance. You can write this down. Joy in Christ is a reliance that comes by faith, a reliance that comes by faith that one puts in Jesus Christ, a total reliance on Jesus Christ. That is what joy is. The joy is I'm not putting all my eggs in the basket just because of this. I'm putting it all on the Lord. It's when a believer experiences joy because they have a relationship in a, with the Lord and they see the Lord bigger than the problem, not the problem bigger than your Lord. But that's exactly what happens. We know how big God is. Sure we do. But when we have a problem, our emotions lead us, not our logic. It's how I feel. I feel overwhelmed. Well, God is bigger. Yeah, but... It's not fair. I don't like it. It hurts. It's painful. It's frustrating. Why do I have to go through all this? See, all this is focus, 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 but we're not like, okay, God, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? How are you going to fix this? Or how are you going to intervene? When are you going to intervene? But however you do this, God, here it goes, here it goes. I'm going to trust you. You see this? That's where joy comes from. I have so many things in my life that could have gone wrong. But there's so many times in my life I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you. Job said, though he slay me, I will trust him. That's in it to win it. There are a lot of joy suckers in your life, friends. There are people who will take the joy right out of you. They're, I call them joy suckers. Joyous. And I pray that you never become a joy sucker for someone else. You know, they're having a great day and everything like this, and yet you, you're having a lousy day, and you just want, instead of, instead of saying, praise the Lord, you're having a great day, and just rejoice with them, you say, wow, my day is lousy, rah, 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 rah. 
and you just want to suck their joy out. Let them rejoice. Don't share your problem. Rejoice with a brother. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen? So let's take a journey. How do I walk in joy? How do I walk in joy when it's frustrated? Well, it's very simple. We need to understand there's a struggle in joy, and there's really six questions we're going to ask, but we're going to use them with the five W's and the one H. When, what, why, where, who, and how. And if you can get this down, and you can apply this, and I also have a set of lists in the bulletin, that if you can actually start thinking and take one, one thing by one, you're going to have a much better attitude, a better joy. You're gonna, it'll change your life. I work heavy on trying to carry a joy with all different situations going on all the same time. And it has to be intentional. Let's take a journey. We're going to go fast. So get your pen, get your paper, write it down because the shortest pencil is better than the greatest memory. When did I first receive my joy? When did your joy come in? In the Lord. We're talking about joy in the Lord. It came in salvation. 517, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things, all things pass away. All things become new. All things are gone. All the old things are gone, and all the new things are come. He's a new creation. That's when it comes. The joy of the Lord, you get salvation. When my brother got saved from being a drug addict, it was great because when he got saved... He, he, was, uh, he was mystified at how beautiful trees were. Look at this creation. This is awesome. Because through new eyes, you get to see things differently. You get to see love differently. You get to see compassion differently. You get to see what God's really done differently, and it gives you a whole set of new vision. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that, so that, so that, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy. That's a prayer. That means God wants to give you hope, but he wants to give you the joy, because when you have hope, you have joy. Hello. When you have a problem, all you see is your problem, so you have no hope. Like, what's going to happen? Oh, no. What? what? Oh, oh. I, I, and then people think the worst. I don't know how many times I met with someone and they have a bad report, and automatically, they're putting a time on their life. And I'm like, can you slow down the truck? Can you at least see where reality is? Let's bring God into the equation. Is he not one who's over things? Hello. Is he just because of what we think or because of who he is? Hello. We have to change this. I'm going to say my thinking you don't change your thinking, you'll never change your path. Your stinking thinking will always be the nail in the coffin because of the way you think. May the God of hope, that means our God is the God of hope, and he will fill you with joy. And if you're not filled with joy, it's not because of God. It's because you have not been filling up with God's word, God's ways, God's works. You haven't come to his spiritual gas station and say, God, and start to raise the praise. You know, put your hand in the air like you really do care. You know? It is so important for you to understand this is where it starts. And then it goes on from here. 
goes on to understand that Luke tells us in 15.7, I tell you this, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing. Oh, this is going to be hard for us. There's rejoicing in heaven. <clears throat> over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need repentance. That all heaven rejoices when you got saved. You made the angels jump. When you said, God, forgive me of my sin, come into my heart and life, I'm, I surrender. All heaven rejoices. Joy is who God is. He's a God of hope that wants to fill you with all joy. So that's where it starts. Number two, the what. What happened to me for me to lose my joy? The mind. The mind. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, understand this. If you don't get, a, if you don't get control over how you're thinking, what you feed on is what nourishes your body. If you, if you live during the Christmas season on sugar cookies... You're going to know it by the end of the month. You know, I tell you this, and it's true. I fed my kid too many carrots, and he turned orange. What you eat does affect you. And some of you need to watch what you're eating in the spiritual aspect of your thoughts. What are you eating? Who are you around? Who are saying things? Like, if they're saying, like, you're never going to do that. You can't do that. Get away from those people. Then I try to lift you higher. They're just telling you all the things you can't do. My God says all things are possible. I think sometimes we need to start dreaming again. But dreaming what God would want to do in us and through us. Amen? Don't say to me, well, you know, I have this many winters underneath my belt. And, well, my days are numbered. Everybody in this room is day is numbered. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Hello. Just because you're older doesn't mean that you're going to go first. Nobody knows the day and hour. So the reality is that if you lost your joy, the question is, are you renewing your mind? Is your mind in the word of God? Is your mind more focused on all this other stuff? And you're not, you're not given enough time to say, God, speak to my heart. I'm going to be taking off for a few days to work on 2024 and getting some things, getting things ready, and I need to have clarity, so what do I do? I just get away so I can just focus, just me and God. Those things, solitude is a gift. It's a spiritual discipline. You ought to sometimes take advantage of solitude, just you and God with no distractions. You may be amazed at what, how refreshing it is to the body, mind, and soul. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Why? What is it? We lose our joys because we start to be like everything else and try to keep up with everything else. And we're do, 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 and do, do, do. But we're not doing no prayer. We're not doing no relationship. God's not even doing it. You're not, you're not, you're just doing things. And doing things just is a bunch of doo-doo. That's all it is. You, get, you keep doing things and doing things. It's a bunch of, it, it doesn't add up to anything because there's no focus. No focus. That's why you have to renew your mind. You have to change the way you're thinking. And so important. Someone say amen. amen. Forget about that doo-doo stuff. Just say amen. 
Why? Why does my joy seem to leave me when I have problems? Now, the question I want to ask you is, my focus is on daily food. What's your daily food? What's your focus? Are you focused on all the things you have to do? Are you focused on the things you can't do? Are you focused on the things that's frustrating? Are you focusing on people? Are you focusing on things that frustrate you? Are you focusing on your disappointments? What do you focus on? What food are you eating daily? I'll be honest with you. I'm working on this one right now. This is one for me to really work on in my daily food. What books am I reading? What things am I doing that's going to put some stuff that's going to challenge me? Even give me a, a, a punch in the gut once in a while to say, you know what? you got to do this. What does my joy seem to leave me when I have problems? What is the daily food? Hebrews says this, 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run. Someone say run. With perseverance, the race marked out for us. You see, it's a race. It's hard. It's an obstacle. Not everybody can do it. People will look at a weightlifter and, and see that he's well-built and he's healthy or, or a runner that's running triathlons or whatever it may be, and they think it just happened overnight. No. They persevered. They got up early. They, they did their workout. They, they did what they needed to do because they had a goal in which they wanted to obtain. When you have problems, God wants to see you through the problems, but you have to persevere. Now look what verse 2 says. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Someone say fix your eyes on Jesus. If you can do this, this will be your daily food, and it will rearrange the way you think. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So when you have a tough day, you need to realize the joy that Jesus went to the cross with. Uh, yeah, yeah, the joy. What joy is joy unspeakable and full of God. He went to the cross with joy because of what he was going to do for you. His food, his food to do the Father's work. You see, so what's our food? Are we here to do the work or are we here about God bless me? Bless me, bless me, bless me. Take care of me, take care of me. I want, I want. Help me, help me. Are we here, we're here, not for ourselves. Are we here for a greater cause, a greater purpose, a greater mission, so that we're saying, God, what do you want me to do today? Am I, am I truly devouring your word? How many of you have read your Bible through in the year? How many of you applied the word of God of what you read. It's not about just reading the word. It's about application. Knowledge without application is really no knowledge at all. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That's, that's what we need to do. So your focus is your daily food. What do you focus on? Because when you have problems and you focus on your problems, you're going to drain yourself. You're going to focus on your hurt. You're going to harm yourself. But you're going to let God come in so he can help you and lift you higher. Amen? Number four. When do I, when, where, where do I go to get my joy back? That's great. 
That's when you need to ask yourself these questions. When you're in a certain situation, you're feeling a certain, certain way, you need to ask the right questions. Okay, God, I'm not having joy right now at all. I'm not having joy. Matter of fact, God, I'm frustrated right now. Question is, okay, God, what do I need to do to get back to where I need to be? <laughs> oh, I read. Oh. My God and my Savior. You got to really get back to, wait a minute. Is God my God? Is he truly my Savior? Is his promises true? Do I believe them? Psalms 118, 21, 24 says this. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. I Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You see what happens? There's a shift here. It's like you can have problems, but then you remember what God has done. You can remember what he's promised. You can remember what he said. And all of a sudden, this is, the Lord, this, is, this is the day the Lord has made. Even though it's a bad day, even though it's not my best day, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice. Look at your neighbor and just tell him it's a choice to rejoice. I want you to get this in your heart. I want you to get this. You see, so often, so often, God wants to put a blessing in your life. God wants you to receive joy. He wants, he, he wants to give you joy. He wants to give you joy. But you see what? You can't receive it. Can't receive it because the reality is your cup is not open. Your heart's not open. And so therefore, God can't give you what you don't desire. You want to stay at the counter of complaining and finding everything that's wrong and not finding what's good? God is good. God is great. Great joy. Amen? But you can't receive it if you don't open your heart. So many people here are like this cup. The Lord wants to fill you. So he puts your joy. But guess what? You can't contain it because you're complaining about this, you're complaining about this, and it leaks right out of you. Someone does something, somebody cuts in front of you. Holy smoke, how you, boy, oh boy, you give them a piece of your mind. There goes the joy. Oh, I can't give anymore. I have nothing there. Why? It's because you allow your joy and the situations you have to suck away the joy. So many times, people will receive God's joy, but what happens there? Because of sin. Sin in our heart, sin in our life, we won't be able to receive the joy of the Lord. Our heart is closed by so many things, past hurts, situations, people said, whatever it is, uh, angry, unforgiveness, and all of a sudden, it, it, you can't receive the joy because you got things that you need to, you need to deal with. But when you have your heart open, the joy of the Lord will come in. And the Bible says he'll fill you. I mean, he'll literally fill you up to overflowing. And that's what he wants to continually do in you and through you, to fill you. Those that are in sin, they have to make a choice. 
They need to allow God to come into the equation. And as he comes into the equation, slowly it happens. It will get cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner as they just yeah, more. I ran out of water. I knew it was. That wasn't part of the illustration. I wanted to go one step further. <laughs> the reality is that God wants to do this. I don't think this is going to be enough either. I feel like I'm in chemistry class. Get the point. Getting the joy of God's word in you can get out anything that afflicts you. But if you don't make the choice to do these things, how is it going to happen? God wants to fill you, but you've got to have a heart that's open. And then if you get God's word in you, you can't spill it all over the place because of one bad situation. Look at this. Who controls my joy? Ask yourself that. Who controls your joy? It's a choice. Your joy is, your joy is a choice. Psalms 119 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 119. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, this is the beautiful thing that God wants to do in us and through us. He wants to clean us up. He wants to help us. That's why he's given you a gift, but you have to unwrap it. If I gave you a gift and you didn't unwrap it, did I give you a gift? Yes, but you never enjoyed it because you never received it by opening it. It's important. So how do I stay joyful? Ask yourself, like, how do I stay joyful? It's my choice to remember, first, my salvation. That's my relationship. My mind, that gives me direction. That gives me food for my day. My focus, that sets the goal. What is the focus? My faith is built on faith and obedience. That's how you build your faith. Faith and obedience. And then my choice is always upward first to God. What his word says in communication and prayer. Then God does something inward to my heart. And then you'll see the outward in the actions. It's a process. It's a process in which we need to do. How do I stay joyful? First, choose joy by trusting and praising God daily. Did you hear that? Trusting and praising God daily. Every day, you should go to, before you go to bed, find some things to praise God for. Not complain, not say, but just praise him. Thank you, Lord, for another breath in this body. Thank you, Lord, for a roof over the house. Thank you, Lord. You can probably have a list. Psalms 113, 5 and 6. But I trust in the unfailing love, my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been what? Good to me. That's because of relationship. Choose joy in persecution, in trouble. Acts 13 is a beautiful portion of scripture. It says, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited God-fearing women of high standing and leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Now look at this, verse 51. 
So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. Watch 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. In the midst of rejection, in the midst of process, it says the disciples still had joy. Do you see that? Problems come. There's no difference between you and I or the disciples. They had problems too. They were people against them. There were people that didn't want certain things. And yet, the Spirit of the Lord gave them what? Joy. Mm. Joy. Choose joy by learning to pray while in trial. That's not the time to stop praying. I've seen a lot of foxhole prayers, let me tell you. Psalms 51, 9 through 12. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. I love this part right here. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Wow. That's relationship. How much time do you spend with God during the week? 168 hours of a week. How much is God-centered? Inside your bulletins is this list that I gave you. I think this list is a really great list for all of us to really kind of meditate. And I pray that this week you would really give some meditation to this. The B's of staying joyful in Christ. You want to be in Christ. These are a few things you can do. Be in prayer, daily prayer. Casting all your cares on God. Be a person who gives God daily praise. Be a person who gives words of encouragement to others in your life. Be a person who does acts of kindness in the name of Jesus. Be a person who forgives those who hurt you. Amen? Mm. Be mindful of all of God's love, mercy, and grace, and peace. Be grateful for all of the provisions he's given you. Be grateful for your family and friends who care about you. Be a giver of your resources to God and others. Be compassionate. Be thankful in trials and in troubles. Yeah, that's right. Be thankful in trials and troubles. Be mindful that everything you do and say, you're in God's presence. Be in God's word, reading and learning daily. Be constant in fellowship, going to church, small groups, serving Christ in the community. This is all so important. Psalms 119 111 says, your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end of age. I want to end with this powerful portion of scripture. I kind of look at this as a life verse for all of us. I almost was going to give you this verse on a little card that you could place in your car, place on your refrigerator, place on your mirror in your bathroom, just to constantly remind you of the importance of joy and the importance of walking this out. It's found, of course, in the joy book of Philippians. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then... Make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only on your own interest, but also the interests of others. Your attitude, hello, 
Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Wow. You want to talk about a life scripture? That is one of my life scriptures because it packs so much in there. But to remind yourself not just to live for yourself, but to live to elevate others higher than yourself. To be like-minded. See, our problem usually is what's between the ears. That's where our problems come from. And for those, you can be sometimes so smart. I've been around with some, some really smart people, and I've told them, you're so smart, but you've missed the obvious. But that goes for all of us. You know, sometimes when you look at smart people, you think they should be quick to pick with the obvious, but they, they're not. Because their analytical thinking is so analytical, they just, they, it, it, it sometimes don't make sense, so they just push it off to the side. But, but there are some simple things in belief and faith that sometimes it's hard to swallow. But this portion of Scripture is really a life verse for all of us. And I love the part, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider huh, others better than yourself. I don't see that in the parking lot. I don't see that at the store. I don't see that on a Black Friday. Man, if there's one TV for sale and there's 10 people going to get at it, it's crazy. I'll give you one, I tell you one thing, I will not be in that line. Why? Because that's not important for me. What's important is thinking of someone others. Wouldn't it be nice to say you got it and you gave it to someone else? It's only a TV set. A lot of times people don't think that. Joy is not by, it's not just a word, but joy is more lifestyle. Can you stand to your feet? I want you to think about this. I would even challenge you to even listen to the message again and really ask yourself this, where is my joy? Do people see me joyful? Am I quick to get angry? Can I go from 1 to 10 in a second? Think about this. Because we are to be believers and our joy needs to be seen by people. And if you mess up, listen to this, this is important. If you mess up and you don't ex express joy, ask for forgiveness. Hello? I'm sorry. My stress got to me. And I wasn't the best reflection of Jesus. Can you forgive me? I've asked for forgiveness more time even when it's not my fault. Or I don't feel like it's my fault. Not a problem. Jesus forgave me. We need to forgive others. Amen. It should be something quick. You can't allow pain to lead you. You have to allow the words of Jesus to fill you. Amen. Close your eyes right where you are. If you're here today and Jesus is not your Savior, if you're watching online and you've never said, Jesus, come into my heart and life, you never had the experience of having Jesus forgive your sins. You can do it right where you are in your home. You can do it right here in the church. Just say, Father, forgive me. I've sinned. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And right now, you can ask God to forgive you of your sins. And what God will do to you is he will make you his child. If you say, Father, forgive me of my sins, I choose today to serve you right now, all the days of my life. 
I know you died on the third day and you rose again, defeating sin, death, and the grave, and I want to be your child. One of the greatest things in the world. And then you can experience this joy unspeakable and full of glory because now you have God Almighty on your heart and soul. Maybe you're here today and you haven't felt like joy has been high on your list. And you need to really start dealing with really walking in the joy of the Lord. And I'm, I'm not going to call you out today. I just want you to raise your hand saying, yeah, I have a problem with this joy factor. Just raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy needs to be more evident. I'll ask you another question. If you ask someone next to you, ask them, if, do they see the joy of Jesus in you? Do they see anger more than joy? Frustration more than joy? Do they see smiling and laughter? That's really something to ask those. We all in the room for improvement. Amen? Amen. Let's pray right now. And if you ask God right now that you just want to receive that joy to a new dimension, just raise your hand right where you are. That your focus would be upon him and that you would start to watch what goes in your food, your daily food that you partake of. Those daily comments that surround you, the atmosphere that you're in, that all participates, gets into the head, gets into the heart, gets into the soul. So you really have to watch it. Father, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to each heart right now and help them, help them to know your joy, the gift of joy that you have given, of good news, of great joy. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us. And in those times that are difficult, we would think upon what you have done, think on your promises, think on what your word says. And I pray that they would adjust their attitudes as they focus on you, grow them, teach them, help them, and may they have an influence on those around them and in their family by the way they love, the way they live, the way they carry your joy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.